Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to an episode of the Young Ambiguous podcast. In the studio today, my guest is a longtime friend, really good um, guy all around. You probably know him. I know you definitely love him. And he hooked us up today. I just want to shout out real quick, WFIT. We are recording in an actual studio, like a room that's mostly soundproof because we just realized it wasn't in our (laughs) first take. And um, it's pretty awesome. So if this sounds extra asmr that's why. Um, But my good friend Billy Osteen is with us today. Or Lord Osteen. Lord William, the Lord William Osteen. The Lord William Osteen. So just... On that, uh, we're already getting into weird stuff. On that, a lot of people think that it's like blasphemy or I'm being weird. I actually, and you can do this too if you want. I'm not going to tell you how because I had to figure it out on my own. Uh, I went and purchased some land of nobility in Glencloe, Scotland. And the way that works is if you own noble land, you gain the lordship. So uh, I am legally... My name is legally Lord William Osteen. So if you do something amazing, the queen could knight you, maybe? So that's, uh, I don't know how many of you guys are into the Kardashians, but Scott Disick, he used to be Lord Scott Disick. He was the same, did the exact same thing I did. And then because he's, you know, a billionaire, he does whatever he wants, and he got to meet the queen, and she decided to knight him. So now he's actually Sir Scott Disick. So that's the goal. The goal is for me to become Surd, but I'm happy with Lord right now. And it's cool because technically my wife is now a lady. And um, Hmm. when I have kids, I can pass on that to them by leaving them the land. Wow. I need to do that. We need to talk about how to do that because that's sick. Also, the queen's pretty old. So if you don't do something amazing in the next couple of years, like the new queen, I think it's Kate Middleton. She seems nice. She could she, knight you. How cool would that be? I would like to meet Kate Mendelson. That would be. That would I be would different. love to meet her or the other one. There's a lot of rules about meeting the queen, though. Like. Yeah, but like, it's worth it. You, you're, there's like a ton of stuff you can't do. I read some of the girls can't have like their purse on a certain side of them for some reason. And yeah, it's all about like the positioning and, and yeah. stuff because you have to be able to do the posturing and bowing and stuff I properly. I have a hard time with rules as it is. As it is like. But like. The thing is, is you, it's the moment. You know what I mean? You're not going to do anything weird and I, wrong anyway. I guarantee anyway. you I would mess up. I would like sneeze in her face or something and just be like, I'm so sorry, queen. I'm so sorry. Queen mother, please forgive me. <laughs> please still knight me though. Yeah. I'm here to be knighted. Still want to be a sir, so. So that's the only way to do it? So, yeah. Well, I think there's other ways, but this, it's, um, this is the way I know of. And uh, it was some noble left his land to the government and they just piece it off now um, to help preserve it because it's a beautiful piece of preserve over there and um but if anybody does know the queen or knows how to get me served all of gerald's millions of listeners all million of you please uh hit me up it's at at the lord william with two e's because some jerk out there has the <laughs> other one so at the a die that, I the, guess I don't if actually, everybody wants to go and report him as well that would be cool I've reported take him a couple down. times yeah so. Instagram, wild, wild west (laughs) of the tech world. But I have Billy on here because there's three things that I admire about him. Um, And if you know him, there's so many different qualities about him that are admirable. And he's just an all-around great guy. But the three things that I want to focus on and kind of talk to him and share with you about him is his friendship, 
kind of his his faithfulness and his work ethic and the way he has fun because there's those are the three things I think about when I think about Billy I think about how an amazing friend he is I think about how hard he works for his family for his friends for everybody he knows and for the fun that he has because this man knows how to have fun and um I'm pumped to talk about that. And right now, I don't know if you want to describe your job currently. Yeah. Um, I can talk about it. So I work at um, FIT, Florida Tech, uh, Florida um, Institute of Technology. Yeah, Florida Institute, Institute of Technology. I probably should know the name better. It's known um, as Florida Tech, yeah. and that's what all the logos say. So, so. Uh, um, so that is where I work. Hopefully continue to work after this podcast goes up. Um, and I'm head of the Gleason Performing Arts Center. Um, and that just means that anything that has any kind of audio or visual attached to it on campus or that has to do with Florida Tech um, goes through my team. So, And then I also run every event that happens in the Gleason Center. And the reason we were able to use WFIT today is because they are attached to the Gleason Center. And um, I've had a really good time getting to know the WFIT team and um, they just are really generous with letting us use their spaces. So here yeah. we are in this nice room. If you know WFIT, you know Todd Kennedy. He's recording right down the hall. Yeah, he's two rooms down. So we're basically as cool as him. <laughs> basically, we are Todd Kennedy. We're the same. Like, like I'm co- I'm using my equipment, not WFIT stuff, but we're basically the same. Yeah, like we're both much. sitting in chairs talking in microphones. I like it. I'm okay with it. So with with your friendship, we've known each other for a long time. Yeah. More than ten years at this uh, point. Yeah, I think I think we met in like oh seven, oh six, oh seven. Yeah. So. And I was still in high school and I met you well, I think I've seen I had seen you before, but this is the first time I shook your hand was at the park in Melbourne. Okay. And you were like opening it up, and my friend Mike Smith was starting to work there. Which I don't know if you've kept up with him. Dude is a he's killing it. Real, real estate, estate mogul right? yeah. in South Carolina. He, Mike, I'm gonna actually I need to reach out to you, and well, you should be on the podcast because you're like killing the game. It's cool that we could call him a mogul. Like he, I've I would, never been a mogul before. I would like to be a mogul. I would consider him a mogul. Yeah. Well, I mean, when we he was 17 and owned a pretty successful skate company for a little while and then yeah it was more that he just got over it than anything it wasn't like it wasn't doing well i actually thought about emailing him for a job a, a little while ago <laughs> um but yeah so i met you there you were you know getting the park ready and then we ended up working together for a couple of years mm-hmm. um at a church and then just you know stayed in contact and partnered up on different projects and different things and so I really enjoyed our friendship and and one of the aspects I know about you is that you are a friendly person and people feel comfortable and enough to approach you and talk to you what do you what do you think that is in in all of your years of randos talking to you what's what's the approachable factor for Billy that's, that's a tough one so I know that I know that um when I when I first like, for those of you who know what I look like, you can. I mean, you can look me up on Instagram and Facebook if you don't know what I look like. It, I'm not like weird looking, but I have a large beard and um, I used to have long curly hair and I have 
couple tattoos and um my ears are stretched and stuff i have a lot of i used to wear a lot of body jewelry now i don't as much and um so when i was growing up it was very easy for people to like stare or be uncomfortable around Mm. me because i and not in outside of that i'm a large man as it is so um i can come across i guess looking kind of mean sometimes and a little rough and um especially like when I was living on the road doing sound and things like that. Like I was always in just like tattered jeans and a jean jacket. So I just looked like a, a, a rougher person, I guess. And uh, I had to learn how to like really tone it down mm-hmm. and be a little ec- more extra when I met somebody. Cause uh, for a while there, you know, one of my jobs was I was a, a sound consultant and a um, production consultant and my bread and butter were churches and I would get called into these like smaller like Methodist churches and stuff, mm-hmm. and I would pull on pull up in my Harley, and they're just staring at me. And I'm like, "Hey guys!" And uh, there's one specific time I remember I was, I came, I got hired for. Here's a fun fact that not a lot of people know about me, but <laughs> I, I'm pretty, uh, well off um, puppet tier. I did puppets for a long time and I was very good at it and got to like do a lot of stuff with that. It's a very weird fact. Um, But churches used to hire me to come and train their puppet teams because I could win competitions and stuff like that. And uh, I remember I went to one church and I was wearing like I had long hair. So I was wearing a bandana to keep it out of my face. And I was wearing a uh, there used to be a band called The Showdown. I was wearing one of their shirts and it was literally like an ace playing card with a skull with a bullet through the head. And uh, I didn't think about it. And I like show up and my I'm like looking pretty rough and open the door and I walk in and immediately a guy's like, excuse me, sir, this we're not giving anything away. We're, we're having a meeting. I was like, yeah, I'm supposed to be here. And he's like, sir, if you could just the ruffian back off please i was like i'm literally here to train people on puppets and somebody ran out of the back they're like oh that's billy don't worry about it so um i learned really quickly like it's got to be a little over the top sometimes and i try to smile as much as i can and um just i just want everybody to that comes across my path and I'm, I'm sure we'll talk about this a little bit later but um there was a point in my life that this came up but i just want everybody that comes across me to feel like they had at least a good moment of the day. Mm. So I feel like when you're doing that, like it's hard for somebody not to like you. It is possible. It happens. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, but it, you know, at least you can't say it was because of you. Yeah. And, and I think that's a quality that shines through is that you do try to make people feel that, you know, you know, Marie Kondo spark of joy or whatever. <laughs> like you try and, and get people to have that moment that's enjoyable in, you know, in your presence and you, you exemplify that with your like love and your service and you're helping people. But I think that's a huge part of your personality is that you were kind of different in your style and your dress and you were part of the scene, you know, back in the day and the skate scene. And you were really involved in a lot of different things that I think, you know, how to relate to people who feel like they don't relate to anybody. And so when you are talking to somebody who might be just normal or, you know, blends in and just is relatable, you you are able to pull into a little bit something deeper in everybody because you're willing to go past the surface because you weren't afforded that a lot of times. 
Oh, no, yeah, that for sure. I mean, I've, you know, had both ends of the spectrum where people are just amazing, and then I've been pulled over, literally told because of the way I look or stopped because of the way I look. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember specifically, like, it used to drive my mom crazy when people would, like, stare at me because, you know, I, I get why they looked at me. At one point I had a little bit larger than soda can size earrings in my ears, uh, the plugs, and um, people would stare at me while we were out to eat or whatever. And I remember one time my mom literally just, she like turned around and she's like, what are you looking at? I was like, oh, <laughs> it's okay. I chose this life for me. Like, yeah. But uh, so it. And that was before it, you had like the sleeves too. Yeah, like, yeah, that did, was you had pre, the plugs way back. My, yeah, that was, I had a couple of tattoos, but nothing crazy. And, um, but I just, I, I don't want anybody to ever feel like they're, you know, what would be considered like an out outcast. Like, yeah. Um, I want everybody to know that they, they have a place, a purpose. And um, if all I get to say is hi to them and shoot them a smile, then so be it. Yeah. And, and that's one thing I think you developed because you, you spent time on tour, meeting new people. You've done a lot of contracting where you're meeting different churches and clients and different things. And so I think even if you maybe don't consider yourself an outgoing, like extroverted person, you have the ability to connect. And that's really something amazing. Thank you. And with that, kind of transitioning into the work aspect of your life, you work harder than anybody else. Hmm. I don't know anybody in my life personally who's had as many jobs or more jobs than you. And so I don't know if you can like remember way back to like your first job, but I would love to know what your first job was. So my first like legal tax paying job or like my first job (laughs) that people are like just giving me money for? Um, Both. Both? Okay. So did you have um, like an elementary school racket? So, well, yeah. Like well, okay. Candy and stuff. okay. So I've had a couple of things that happened in my life, but, uh, uh, I, I mean, when I was younger, I used to, um, before I could get like an actual job, my dad was a construction worker. He did electric electrical for years and, um, he would bring me on job sites with him when he was staying like long hours into the night, he'd bring me with him and I would help him pull wire and, um, strip wire for him while he was, you know, closing off things. And, um, and I would do that with them all night, and then I would go home and get ready for bed, and then go to school the next day. Um, and then I had some other like, you know, in one of my schools, I lived near a dollar store, so I would go buy Jolly Rancher po- lollipops and sell them for a buck each. I'd buy a bag for three dollars, sell them for a dollar each, make some money there. And then um, some other not great jobs that. <laughs> aren't exactly like the best things that I could have done with my life. But uh, I eventually did get a tax taxable job and uh, <laughs> one that the government approved of. And it was, I, th- I think my first ever real job was at the Fun Attic here in Melbourne, Florida. <laughs> it was, it's essentially a Chuck E. Cheese for those who don't know. It was on US 1. Is it still there? So the building is, it was a karate studio for a while, and now yeah. I don't know what it is. It kind of just looks like a warehouse, maybe. Yeah, that's but, all it um, really was. I, that job was weird, and I hated it. And But that was like the first time I ever found out that I was like more sociable than I thought, because mm. I went from being like the guy that cleans baby poop out of the tunnels, which 
Please don't let your babies poop in this. Somebody has to clean them and it's the worst. (laughs) Um, But I went from that to being a party host because I had to cover for somebody one day and um, kids loved my, the parties that I had to put together for them. So that's what I did for a while. And then I, I ended up leaving that job um, and got a better job, but wow. How many jobs do you think you've had? Oh, man. It's so many because there's, like, times where, like, even right now I have, like, four jobs, I think. Like, four yeah. things that I'm doing to make money. Um, So, like, I don't, since I was probably 16, I don't think I've ever had just one job. Yeah. Um, Just because we didn't have um very much money growing up. So, I, like, always have the fear that I'm not going to make ends meet. So, mm. it's, like, if I can work or make a couple extra bucks, I'm going to do what I can. Like I'm literally, yeah. somebody just texted me about a haircut um, right before I walked in the studio and I'm like trying to juggle in my head. Like, do I have time to do a cut tonight and still like be like yeah. relaxed enough and be able to spend time with my wife and things. So it's, there's always like that mindset in my head of, do I have the opportunity to make yeah, an extra 15 bucks? Fit it all bucks? onto the yeah. same plate. I think that's another, I mean, you're a very accomplished barber, and people text you pretty much every day probably for haircuts. Uh, I get texts all the time. doesn't mean I cut them all the time. Um, I, you know, when I uh, cut, it's normally just, like, closer friends and stuff because um, I'm not in a shop right now or anything. Um, I do have shops that contact me to, <laughs> to fill in on times, but my main job my fit job takes like so much time and then i also mix for elevation uh church they have a campus here in melbourne florida so shout out elevation i don't know if i want to do that no it's fine Um, okay but uh um i mix for them as well and then i also sell coffee me and my wife have a small coffee business and we do coffee on the side and then um me and uh, actually me and my boy Gerald here. Yeah. We, uh, and your brother. And yeah, Andy, Andy, Osteen, uh, Lord Ost on Twitter and Insta Instagram. And um, we have like a small t shirt business firing up here soon. And uh, so there's there's always a couple pots going. And but barbering is probably my favorite thing I've ever done as a career. Um, when, I f- when I fell into barbering, I thought that was going to be like my my job till I retire but um sound engineering has always been the thing that I love the most but I just thought I would never have the opportunity to make like real money out of it because I didn't have a degree degree in it and I didn't want to tour anymore but when this job opened up um for me uh I took it because I knew I could barber on the side and get into a shop later on if I wanted to but um side note for all you people are worried about not getting college degrees it's okay Yep. It works out in the end if you work hard enough. If you work hard. Me and Billy are, uh, well, Billy's a testament. I'm still figuring it out. Don't <laughs> let Gerald fool you. He owns his own place and has two cars and a, a baby, baby and a wife and is a good provider for his family. So don't let him fool you. Well, I learned it. Learned that work ethic from my mom and from good friends like Billy. So get yourself um, better parents and better friends. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so with work, that's just, you know, it's such a weird thing because it's so necessary Mm. to pay for things. And we both 
I think we bonded a lot on just our upbringing, you know, having close relationships with our moms and kind of not having money growing up, you know, and then there was no kind of about it. Didn't have money. (laughs) And so we, you know, like growing up in poverty, you do certain things that people with money don't do and have no experience with. Uh, I, yeah, I would say so. Cause I, I talked to some of my friends that, I mean, they're not rich by any means, or even my wife who's a, you know, I always make fun of her for being a beach sider growing up, but, um, it's, it's one of those things where like I say I've done something and it's just like, why, why would you do that? Like, it's like, well, I had to, or the fact that like, I pretty much didn't go to a doctor from the end of 11th grade until just recently. Cause I hadn't had insurance um, until I got this job. So it's just, you know, yeah. there's things that. There's things you do. Yeah. Just you like have we, to make it work. We literally, um, I was pretty heartbroken, but I knew it was going to happen at some point when Harvey Groves closed. Oh, because man. That's that was our doctor. Health insurance right Harvey there. Groves yeah. was our doctor. He was Harvey Groves MD. We drank a <laughs> quart when we got sick and it healed us. I, so. I literally woke up this morning. It's like a habit I can't break. I woke up this morning. I told my wife my throat was a little tickly. I was like, I need to buy some orange juice today. And she was just like, why? <laughs> so because I, I'm feeling like I might start getting sick, she's like, we'll just go to the doctor. And so I'm trying to break that habit, but I'm still a yeah. little stubborn about it. Yeah, even still. It's, it's just things like that, you know? So some of you were raised with money, and it shows. And <laughs> it's just... You know, Twitter meme waiting to happen or currently happening, whatever. <laughs> um, so the last of the three things I admire about you is the way that you have fun. I know that you have had a Disney pass for a while. Oh, yeah. It um, for life. I know that basically anytime people hang out with you, if their face is not sore from smiling and laughing, then like they didn't really actually hang out with you. They were watching the people hang out with you. So, like, wh- how do you have so much fun all the time? So, um, I mean, just, you know, we were just talking about how many jobs I have and how hard, you know, you and I work and um, we put in a lot of hours and a lot of different tasks. And uh, that old saying is totally true in my head, like, work hard, play hard. Um, obviously, I'm not going out there and, like, crashing jet skis or something weird like that uh having like a fake festival and yeah 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 (laughs) um no but i i love um for me i just love being around people i i'm totally content with just sitting in a living room and hanging out with some buddies um Mm. and having good conversation and normally that you know leads into some kind of humor happening because you know like i said Mm. i am a fatter guy so i've had to compensate with my life with humor so uh um but it's just you know i just try to have a good time because you you get to the point in your life where you realize that you know life's short Mm -hmm. and it's just wasting your time with being angry and complaining about things and stuff like that it's just not gonna it's not worth it. Like yeah. I, I want people to want to hang out with me, not feel obligated to hang out with me or yeah. a situation where it's just like, Oh, Billy's here. Oh, okay, cool. Like I, I want to know that people, what's the quote? Uh, I don't need people to like me. I, or I don't want people to like me. I need them to like me. Yeah. Yeah. Michael Scott. So. 
Yeah, and that's a huge part of your personality is like even when we were talking about earlier is just making sure you bring that joy to people's lives. And I think when you show up places, it's like, oh, Billy's here, you know, like nobody's like, oh, Billy's here, <laughs> you know, it's not going to be fun anymore. Like Billy always takes things to the next level and it's super fun. One memory in particular that I have um, that you just made so many things that were um, could be mundane fun like back in the scene days, you know, with breakdowns and hardcore bands and all that stuff, we would like, you know, after a youth group at the church we worked at, we would take students home. And at night you would do this thing with the like lights in the car while I was driving. Oh, yeah. And like just the mundane <laughs> thing of dropping students off after youth group, you know, the night's ending, it's boring. Like we're blasting metal in the car and like having a light show basically uh, so it's I just forgot about that. that's funny little things like that that billy just thinks of and can do and it just it makes a, a little a side little note by difference. the way gerald drove me around for like two years of my life like a cat like a, uh, a chauffeur man it was crazy i didn't have a vehicle for a while especially when i was like on and off the road and the vehicles I did have never ran, so, like, <laughs> Gerald is always picking me up. Billy had a purple convertible Mustang oh, yeah, that died really bad. It always was dying. That thing caught on fire twice. So I just drove him to work in my reliable little Suzuki that I actually sold last year for money. Like, I didn't have to pay someone to take it. Like, uh, it sold in, in, in the positive. I love how – I don't know anybody – if anybody still has that car, but if if they do, I love th- how hard it is to open the back doors. Oh, yeah. And that car had these <laughs> the hardest stupid. doors I've ever felt. It's stupid hard and it's because we never use them. But, yeah. like, um, yeah, just just thinking about that, I was so lucky to have you in that season of my life and to be, you know, have you as my friend. And so – Maybe you felt like you were using me to, like, get around places, but I was using you to, like, build my clout and have a friendship with you long term. So oh, it worked man. out. I wasn't using you, but it definitely helped. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah it, 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 you definitely saved me a few times there. When, But on a, on that, though, Gerald was consistently the latest person I've ever met in my <laughs> life. He, oh, man, it I sucks. Would, I used to be really good about like I was I'm a morning person. I was up like instantly as soon as my alarm went off and I would know I gotta start texting Gerald or calling Gerald. Yeah. And then like it would be we have to be at work at nine and it's, you know, eight fifty. I'm like, Hey man, where you at? Oh, I'm right around the corner. <laughs> Crap, that means he's you know, fifteen minutes out. And oh. uh we'd be and he went through this phase of his life. I don't know if he's still doing it. I respect it, but it was so hard to deal with where he refused to speed. He went like four oh, under ever <laughs> everywhere we went. Everywhere we went was like four miles per hour under the speed limit. And I'm like, Gerald, we're 15 minutes late. Well, you know, speeding's not going to get us there any faster. I'm like, what are you, 90? Come on, man. So, so I'm out of that phase. I was in a hypermiling phase where I wanted to accelerate really slowly up to speed and then stay there consistent. And so speeding wasn't in my thing. I was consistently almost like an hour late in high school. <laughs> Failed my first period class, my first period tennis class in, in my senior year because of just being late every day pretty much. Tennis? 
I took yeah, I took tennis. Wow. I wasn't like that wasn't good. I was just saying that old stereotype, the Jamaican black tennis players. You know that yeah. one. You know that one's up. a stereotype. <laughs> but I have gotten down to about like twenty minutes late. Twenty was, to fifteen. He was I mean, he technically this didn't have a technical time to start, but he was pretty close. To, I was hoping he'd be here by like I think it was like three and he or four I was hoping for and he got here at like four or five so so it's getting better I'm not perfect by any stretch of the imagination and I don't want any of my current friends to listen to this and think I'm BSing because I'm still late but (laughs) it's gotten better it used to be worse (laughs) it was very bad for a while but this is about you Billy and so I want to give you an opportunity to close us out and share some pieces of advice what if you could give somebody an advice in those three areas friendship work and fun what would those be like how would you encourage somebody to be a better friend all right well so work um work hard always um obviously like you hear that all the time but i I remember like growing up you know like we said didn't have very much money we were barely making ends meet sometimes we weren't but i remember you know, my mom and dad holding two and three jobs at a time and um, hmm. working so hard all the time to make sure that they were trying to provide for us. And then, like, even till, you know, up until my mom got really sick, she was still working, serving tables, um, going through, you know, like chemotherapy and stuff. So, like, it, it that was a great example for me on understanding, like, there's really no excuse for you not to work. And so if you work hard, people do notice, like I, I hear it all the time. People tell me how hard I work and I appreciate it, but people take notice of that. They know when you're working hard, does it mean that you're going to get um, gratification out of it? No, not necessarily, but um, eventually it will pay off and um, you know, good can come from it. And um, I feel like it's paying off in my life. I've worked very hard and um you know, I'm still working hard, but I get to do a lot funner, it's funner word, a mm-hmm. lot cooler things now than I was doing when I was a little younger. And I get to sit here and talk on podcasts with my buddies and start T-shirt companies and serve coffee and make front sound for great bands. And um, I'm just yeah. really honored and all that. So th- when it comes to work, I'm just like work super super hard and just fake it till you make it literally that sounds <laughs> ridiculous and funny and people say it but i first time i touched the sound console i had no clue what i was doing and yeah. and i just stood there like an idiot and just pretty much still to this day that's what i do is just kind of stand there and fake it and just kind of like this sounds okay in my head yeah, yeah, um yeah. but in everything i do i try to just learn as much as i can if i don't know what it is um i'm at a place now where i'm not too ashamed to ask people but for the most part like just if you don't know it store it away that i need to learn this tonight when i get home i need to figure out what it is um so just keep on going and don't let people and this will kind of carry over into like affecting people's lives don't let people be the no in your life like I was told multiple times, and I know Gerald has gone through this too, and a lot of people I know. Um, people, I w- so a little thing here. I was, uh, I'm dyslexic, and um, like have a really, really low reading level. And in high school, I remember like being 
brought to the dean's office. Um, it was like right before I got in trouble and had to leave the school, but I got brought to the dean's office and they, my parents were there. And I remember sitting there. I do not know why he said this in front of me. It was kind of rude, but he told my parents, like, have you ever heard of the phrase, like a student that slips through the cracks? And uh, my mom was like, yeah, of course. And they said, well, your son is that example. Like he's made it to ninth grade and has like a third grade reading level. If that, um, we don't know how he got here. We don't know how he's faked it, but he's here and we don't, we don't know what to do. And from there I was told that I wouldn't even get a high school diploma, um, because I wouldn't be able to take any like exams or anything. So, um, I knew at that moment that I was going to have to work a little harder and fight a little harder. And after kind of getting my life together, um, that summer, uh, I graduated on time. I never got held back or anything. Graduated on time with my diploma. Um, wasn't a huge fan of college. I'm considering it again, but I'm still not a great reader by any means. But uh, that guy tried real hard to tear me down, and people have done it, you know, since then, telling me that I can't do something for whatever reason. But um, I know I can, so I make it happen. And that's the same thing, like, in my life, what I try to do with people and what I, you know, try to answer one of these questions for you, what I recommend for everybody is, like, you never want to be the no in somebody's life. Like, don't be the reason that somebody decides they can't do something. Like, who cares if some little kid thinks he's going to be, you know, an actor when he grows up or a superhero or whatever? What it, what is you telling them that superheroes aren't real or you can't fly? What is that going to do for them? Mm. Uh, you know, if a five-year-old wants to have an imagination, let him have an imagination. Um, if somebody comes to me and tells me they are trying to achieve something, my job isn't to tell them why they can't do it. My job is to see what I can do to help them get there. It doesn't mean I can do anything, but if I can, I'm going to try. Um, so, that's and that's kind of, like yeah, it's, I mean, that's, We've all been told no before, and it just hurts. Yeah. Like, nobody wants to hurt. And um, I think that we can all really change each other's lives if we try a little harder to just say yes a little more to each other. Mm. Um, so that's, that's kind of the work part of it. And then the f- friend part of it, I think, was um, making yeah. friends was is on that same line. And uh, a, a great example, I know that this was supposed to be about me, but... Um, a friend of ours, Eves, uh, he's the friendliest person I've ever met in my life. And um, he's shown me a lot on how to be a better person. And part of that is like, was that whole concept of like, don't be people's nose and just approaching everything with joy. People are going to hate on you. Like that's, like I said earlier, um, you know, people used to stare at me and I could audibly hear them talk about me and whether it was the way I looked or the way I acted or when somebody heard me read out loud um like there's there's a lot of things that people can try to tear you down on um or you can tear somebody down on but in the end of the day like why wouldn't you want to approach everything with joy Mm. like tearing somebody else down isn't going to bring your joy up it's just going to make you both sad and um there's there's already too much in the world for people to feel broken about. Yeah. So why not try to be something a little different, stand out a little bit? So when it comes to friendships, just just be there for people. 
Um, doesn't mean you have to have an answer for somebody. You know, when my mom passed, I wasn't looking for people to tell me that mm. this is God's plan or that, you know, they know that good's going to come out of this or something. I was looking for somebody just to sit there with me. And, you know, Gerald was a great um, example of that. He was there for me when my mother passed and uh, so many other people as well that I can just start listing names. But the ones that, you know, really affected me in that time and really helped me through a dark area of my life are the people that were just willing to sit there um, and just be. Um, and I think that's a huge part of friendship. It's not having the answer. It's not trying to help fix somebody. Um, it's just being with somebody. And, um, hmm. and you know, when you c- kind of bring all these thoughts together, I think it makes, you know, s- solid friends. It's, yeah. um, you know, you're, you're the one bringing joy. You're the one that's just being with others. You're the one that's, you know, trying to change the world a little bit at a time when it comes to like not being the no person. So um, those things, in my opinion, make a great friend. Those are, yeah. those are the kind of people that I want to be around because they're making things happen and they're doing things that aren't going to bum people out. Um, and that those two things combined just before you dive into the fun aspect yeah. though, like for me, when you work hard and you treat people like all the things you were saying, you know, bringing joy to them and, you know, just being there for them and being present. Those are kind of ingredients that go into a life that is fun. Because when you're having, when you're working hard and you're accomplishing things that you want to accomplish or, you know, you're making the money that you need to make or all those different things, like you start to enjoy your, your work because it's, it's providing, it's doing what it's supposed to do. Yeah. You know, when work is frustrating, when you're not getting it done and the money's not there and it's not adding up, you know, but if you're putting in the hours, you're putting in the time and the money starts coming and all those things start working, it becomes fun no matter how boring the job might be. And the same with your friendships, when you're treating people and and you're being present with them, that, you know, lends itself into having fun with them and making things enjoyable. And so, yeah, it's just maybe... Close us out with a how to have fun. How to, how to have fun. Um, so first thing I recommend is getting an annual Disney pass. Um, that's mm-hmm. I, I or know. Universal if that's your favorite theme park. I mean, whatever. You can watch Harry Potter any day of the week. Listen, yeah. I will drink gallons of butterbeer versus Dole Whip. I don't know, man. Butterbeer seems sketchy. <laughs> well, I mean, it has, it's not like it hasn't gotten me in trouble before. It has alcohol on the title, so <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> Um, I'm sure on a podcast you're not supposed to have private jokes, but well, I think a lot of people who listen know what that. Was okay, about. okay. So you're in the inter circle of Maybe what's happening I'll tell right a now. Full story, yeah. The the sanctum of sanctums. Um, but yeah, for me it's Disney. That's um, it's that actually comes from I think my childhood, just like always wanting to go to that park and never being allowed yeah. to because we just didn't have. I think I went twice my whole life. And it was once for a field trip because I lived in Orlando, so they pretty much paid for it. And the second time was a friend paid for me to go. Um, so when I had the ability to go, I was all about it. So I bought you know an annual pass and made my wife go as often as possible. But uh, outside of that, there are a lot of other ways to have fun, obviously. And um, I think probably the 
best way to just truly have fun in my opinion is to be present in the situation like you were talking about like I love social media. I love it more than most. I've definitely, if you like look at my page, I've taken kind of a long hiatus on I just do more stories right now um, because um, I realized that I wasn't living in my actual life for a bit. I was more involved in like, what does my life look like through, I don't know what that's going to sound like. I hit the table. (laughs) Um, What my life... Uh, my life was more involved in like what does it look like on a social media platform yeah. than what it looked like in real life. Hmm. And um, so like being more there at times, yeah, I know you want to capture things on your phone and you want to, you know, have, hold that memory. But um, sometimes it's nice to just to have it that moment and then let it be like, yeah, yeah come yeah. back to it one day when your friend brings it up randomly talking about car lights and that clicks oh yeah i remember that um it'd be sick if there was instagram videos of that though uh, if i saw a video of that i would lose my mind that was but, when uh, you had to text twitter to get an account so that's when i had um a sidekick i had a sidekick three then that was oh, my y'all. first my first like real phone y'all don't even understand what life was like uh, back in the beginning of social media that's yeah that you was, had to have a college email to get on facebook you don't even oh, know yeah, guys yeah. you don't even know it was hard for us that weren't allowed to go to college. So, yeah, we were um, like, well. Uh. But uh, so just in the whole fun aspect, like try to find joy in the the silver lining and everything you're doing. Like they're going to the grocery store is not fun. Like I get it. Like me and my wife go to Target probably three times a week. Doesn't mean we buy things every time. It feels like it sometimes, but um we we just sometimes go out and end up there and for me it was kind of like this is so boring i don't want to look at more girl clothes like this is not fun to me but uh i learned i figured out a way to make it fun for both of us and yeah we joke around with that now and there's just there's a way to make things fun it's very much the whole like mary poppins mindset of like a spoonful of sugar and uh um yeah we can bring that to everything in life because it's like i said it's too short not to be happy like I could be mad all the time, but then I'm going to die and that's it. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. You gotta have fun with it. Might as well have a good time while I'm on this earth. So, so yeah, that's awesome. That's great advice. And you know, anybody starting a career or trying to work hard or looking to be more friendly or whatever, reach out, you know, hit Billy up. Yeah. Give me a call. I have no idea if this podcast is going to do like in my head, I'm trying to think back. I don't, if any of you get a chance to like even do a fake podcast in your house, try to do this because in my head I feel like I've just been rambling on for an hour. Yeah, it's <laughs> actually only been forty two minutes. Oh, okay, okay, well, almost forty three, and our listeners love it because uh, they're still here listening uh, to the end. Uh, so, uh, well, yeah, I guess that's true. Technically, whoever gets to listen to these gems, yeah, these the I winners. know that a lot of this was just like nonsense being rambled out, but uh, it made sense to me. Okay, that's good. Here, I'll leave you I'll leave you so Back to the Future is the best movie ever made. Um <laughs> Disney is the best theme park that you can go to because seeing the joy on a child's face, getting to see his cartoons come to life and knowing that like little girls realizing they become princesses. Oh my god. That's the best joy okay. in the world. Sorry, okay. Gerald. Sorry, we can't all be wizards. Okay. Um that Never giant dragon that. is cool though. <laughs> Uh, what's, what's some else tips I can give you some other tips. Uh, sometimes getting random tattoos is really fun. Don't let people talk down on it. 
and uh, I guess that's it. Um, don't get ice in your drinks. It's a government trick. It's a waste. Yeah. Just drink at room temp. It's the way it was packaged and shipped to you. Some government's playing a trick on all of you guys. Ice and birds. Don't believe it. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, thank you so much, Billy, for being on. Thank you guys for listening. This is the Young Ambiguous Podcast. If you want to hit up Billy, his tag is the, with two at, E's. At the Lord William with two E's. Instagram. Um, not really on Twitter anymore. Uh, I think there's a Twitter handle out there, but I fell off of it. Twitter got weird. It's <laughs> so, very weird. But um, it's fun sometimes. Sometimes, yeah. Um, and then Facebook, of course. But Facebook, my Facebook up. is very subdued. It's because it's anything <laughs> that's been on Instagram Pretty shared much. over there. Um, as always, Young and Big um, on Instagram and Twitter. If you want to email us, youngambiguous at gmail.com. My you name get is a lot Gerald. Of emails? Your host, and we haven't got one thing. We've never gotten an email. I'll send you an email today. Everybody that's listening to this podcast, if you make it to the end because we've gotten <laughs> so weird, um, please just make my day because I want to see Gerald like post on his story about this. Well, young and big, sorry, young and big, story. young and big story. Um, if it happens, I, I'll share it on mine too. Okay, yeah, I want to see even if it's just like a hey, just stopping by to say hey, send him an email. The email address is once more. Youngambiguous at gmail.com. Spell that because I can't spell it. <laughs> y O U N G A M B I G O U O U S at gmail.com. See, this is why you don't Ooh. pick such hard words. It'll be in the notes. So you can just click there, wherever you, click you listen the notes just because click this is the link will be there. Such a hard word. It should have just been like young <laughs> black. I tried man. to do something short and it didn't work. So that's Show. it's on me. Um, yeah. But, you know, we've charted in Peru. Really? Yeah, we were at 94 in Peru on the spiritual charts. Oh, this is not a spiritual no talk at all. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. I feel so bad. Well, I mean, charting is charting. I don't care what the chart's called. Well, I know, but <laughs> it's- Top 100, bro. It's one of those things where, like, all these people that come to you to listen to a spiritual talk, they're going to hear me call you black twice and- Well, that's fine. And, well, now three times. It's, and, and, an ambiguous podcast. And they know what they're getting find into. find out that ambiguous is a really hard word to spell. They actually don't know what they're getting into because it's ambiguous. It could be anything. <gasps> we should have talked about something different. Let's talk about planes. We'll start over. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, thank From you guys top. for listening. All the links in the notes. Thanks so much. Don't hate me because I have ads on Anchor. They made it really easy, and I hope they're not too annoying. But I love you guys. Thanks for listening. Catch us next time for this is just to be continued. To be continued. Part two coming up. Yeah, we'll make part two about something. (laughs) All right. See you guys.